Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, babes? Welcome back to Javers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by co-host Greg Young. How you doing, Greg? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, excited to, uh, you know, kind of deviate from our little structure a little bit here to talk about a couple of big moves the Caps just made. Yeah, so um, listeners, we will not be doing rink reps on this episode. Instead, we will be talking about the Capitals' two big moves um, that happened kind of right around Father's Day, which, of course, is the uh, Matt Niskanen trade for Gudis and Capspace, and then the uh, glorious re-signing of Carl Haglin. Uh, glorious might be a bit of a strong word, but we can get into that in a bit. Well, I know uh, we all felt really strongly about him last episode. Yeah, so. yeah, I guess yeah. Last episode, we just kind of talked about how we could either take him or leave him, and I guess the Capitals decided they wanted to take him. So, um, but before we get to Haglin, let's talk a little bit about kind of the Radko Gudis Matt Niskanen trade. Um, I, I mean, you wrote about it for the rink this weekend. Um, just like first off, like what were kind of your preliminary thoughts on the deal? Yeah, I mean, I think the first big thing is. We kind of figured that Niskanen, you know, might be on the move. It, I think rumors had been um, as early as potentially like last winter that the Caps were looking to maybe move him a little. And, you know, I think it's, it's kind of a valuation to us of what we saw this year, which is that Niskanen struggled. And, you know, this is something that uh, obviously the GM really seemed aware of and uh, really took kind of aggressive action. And I know there's always kind of the mantra that you'd rather trade trade a player one year too early than one year too late. And uh, I think, uh, you know, when you're a GM like Brian McCullen, you got to be willing to, you know, cut bait when you need to. And uh, obviously Niskanen played a huge role in the Caps Stanley Cup Finals, but that was last year. And, uh, you know, I think that if you look at him from an objective standpoint, you know, from what he did last year, it just, it wasn't there. And uh, he really kind of dragged Dmitry Orlov along and, uh, you know, it wasn't something that I think he was willing to. He didn't see a good trend, uh, good kind of uh, trend in Niskanen's play, and I think that's something that we definitely saw. So that's one standpoint. And then in terms of getting Gudis, um, obviously my first instinct upon hearing that was, oh God, Radko Gudis. Um, I I've continued to kind of joke with my friends that you know his name kind of sounds like a supervillain. Um, 
But aside from that, you know, you kind of dig in a little bit and he's more useful than you think. You know, he's not someone that is going to play anywhere near top pair minutes, you know, and I think even probably a second pair is a bit of a stretch for him. But he's someone that can play third pair minutes and he's one of the few defensive defensemen that actually defends decently well. Um, I don't know if I used enough D's there, but um, anyways, he really is actually good at kind of preventing, you know, a ton of high danger chances. Philly was much better actually with him on the ice in terms of shot suppression than they were without. And that's something that he's done pretty much since being in Philly. So it's, uh, you know, might be, it might be a kind of repeatable skill. And if you look at the Caps roster, they had a lot of guys who just gave up huge chances in front of the net. Even, even defenders like John Carlson, who I, I think had a very, very good year, still wasn't great in terms of kind of the high danger areas in front of the net. So it's something that, you know, I think he saw a need. Now, is Radko Gudis going to be the perfect answer for that? No, but... You know, I think you maybe actually come out slightly ahead in the player swap if you kind of squint hard enough. And on top of that, you know, saving three million cap space seems about right. So, I, you know, I think and on top of that, getting the Flyers to eat a million dollars of his salary is kind of almost gravy. And it's, you know, one of those kind of wizard magic tricks that uh, you see GMs do once in a while. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know, Adam. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, my first thought was kind of uh, the Capitals definitely kind of settled where we kind of did on this kind which was that this wasn't like a one-time down year for him right like that this was like this was probably like a new normal for him he wasn't going to kind of bounce back and have that um those kind of strong seasons that we saw both in pittsburgh and when he first came to washington i mean he's an older guy now and um now was probably the time to cut bait on him if you're washington and they were able to do it kind of as you said um before the market dried up on him i mean Gudis is a guy that I, I do think Philly's kind of soured on. I mean, you kind of look at, like, how he was used, how much he was used last year, um, not to mention, like, kind of the disciplinary concerns. I mean, he's a guy that, um, I mean, he's a dirty player. Like, I, I think he's a dirty player. Like, I watch him play, and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite say that in the piece, but, yeah, I got basically all the way up to saying that. I, I mean, you don't, like, you hit a guy in the head with your stick once, it's, an accident you do it twice it's probably a bit more than that uh you know and he's i i don't know he's not like if he was a guy i mean i i hated him when he played on other teams i mean i just i didn't think he played the game kind of the the way that you know he he plays it like it was the 1990s or the early 2000s i mean it's dangerous and um you know i'm not a fan of that um He's kind of one of those guys that would be like good on uh, the I, I don't know Mighty Ducks too. You know, he'd be like a good Iceland yeah, player. Exactly you know? right. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But you know, I, I'm sure the second I see him in a Caps jersey, those kind of rose-colored glasses will start to come on, and you know, all of a sudden it, it will be oh well, it wasn't on purpose or something like that. But I mean, I'm hoping. I don't know of... what you're talking about, Tom Wilson. I don't know what Tom... <laughs> you're talking Tom Wilson about. <laughs> I don't want to get into <laughs> Tom Wilson talk. Yeah. Um. But Gudis, you know, is uh, he, he certainly is a guy that can add some value. I mean, I'm not sure where the Capitals will kind of slot him. Uh, when he's not kind of getting involved in, in, in really ugly stuff, he's he's a useful player. And um, I, I think as a hockey trade, this move could, could do good things for Washington. And Gudis kind of, um, you know, it, from a kind of high-level archetype type player, you think of him, like, or at least I think of him as kind of like a, like kind of the grinded out kind of defenseman, right? Kind of that yeah. that old fashioned Brooks Orpic type with you know a lot more nastiness. 
Um, and if Orpic is not coming back, that's another kind of way they could use him. Yeah. And to me, this, this, this seems pretty clear that Brooks Orpic is not coming back. And I mean, here's the thing, say that we're totally wrong about Radko Gudis and he's a sub replacement level player. They only got him for, I think just next year. So it's not, you know, a huge commitment to Gudis or anything like that. So, you know, the McCollin has him, has himself some flexibility here too. Now, like, what what sort of impact do you see a guy like Gudis having on the penalty kill? I mean, he's, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, I was trying to, like, look at his old penalty killing stats uh, with the Flyers, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll, he'll, be, he'll be an aide. I mean, I, I know kind of underlying Brooks Orpik before this year was awful and kind of all, yeah. all, all aspects of the ice, but, I mean, do you see Gudis kind of slotting into all of the same minutes that Orpik played, or do you see him playing higher in the lineup, or... I, I, I don't know what I see. I, I, I don't know either. And it's going to be interesting because I think that, you know, most of the time it seems that, you know, um, McClellan and Reardon have kind of saw eye to eye. But there's been a couple of clear instances where I don't think they have. And so I think that, you know, I, I think if you told McClellan what he thinks Gudis is, I think he's, you know, a solid third pairing defenseman who's going to get a sweater more nights than he won't. Um you know, now, whether whether Reardon thinks that, I think, is kind of a different question. You know, I think, obviously, Reardon played Orpic when he could, so maybe that's a sign that, you know, he's going to play Gudis more. But at the same time, I think if they didn't do this trade, then you're kind of looking at a pretty natural third pair of uh, Siegenthaler and Jews. So, and that's not necessarily a bad third pair either. So I think that you know, I I don't know exactly what kind of minutes he's going to get. I, it's going to, I think, be on the third pair just because, you know, presumably they're going to be bumping Jensen up to the second pair. So, you know, I think where this is really useful is if one of the defensemen maybe get hurt or maybe if Jews kind of doesn't come back to the level that we hope he would. Um, you know, maybe that's when you see, you know, Gouda start getting a little more minutes. But I, I, I guess I see him kind of on the third pair drawing like, you know, kind of the 12 to 13 minutes a night kind of thing. I don't, I don't know where your thoughts are at this point, but well, that's kind of where I'm I'd hope to see him get more than that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, even last I mean, year. They're he, paying him, you know, he, a decent he, amount. I mean, he was playing 18 minutes a night even last year. So, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to Hockey Reference. So, I, I mean, that, that's a lot of minutes. So, I, I'd, I'd hope yeah. that. So maybe, I mean, maybe closer to like. 15, 16, somewhere around there, you know, like, I think third pair minutes. Seems, well, seems so so who do you see as the first pairing, then? Okay, the first pairing, I mean, probably Carlson and uh, Kempney, right? Okay. Then second pair I have as Orlov and Jensen. Okay. So then and third pair is uh, probably going to be used in Ginthaler and Gudis and some kind of rotation, I think, of that, right? That, I mean, that sounds right to me. I mean, I'm sure. Gu- I mean, I, I just can't imagine Gudis not getting a sweater every night. But maybe. Yeah, I think I think we get it most nights. I would agree with that. You know, I just I think it'll be interesting, and we'll. I mean, Reardon is going to have some flexibility, I think, to kind of see what he wants out of Gudis and what he wants kind of out of those lower pairing defensemen. And so, you know, I, it could be flexible. Like, a, obviously, Reardon, I'm guessing, has a pretty acute familiarity with Gudis, given that Reardon's been in the division and Gudis has been there for four years. So. I'm guessing, you know, you probably don't do this kind of trade without consulting with Reardon about the role he would have for Gudis. But, you know, it could be a little flexible once he kind of, once, er, until we have a good gauge on how exactly he'll fit in the rotation. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be kind of an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see We'll see how the whole thing shakes out. I mean, I, there's definitely, 
I mean, the Capitals' defense looks okay on paper right now. I'm not, I'm not too worked up about it, to be honest with you. So, that's definitely. I, a I mean, time. I think that they lost their two maybe defensemen who I didn't want to play as much in Orpic and this, assuming they don't resign Orpic, you know. I think that they lost two of the defensemen who I think were among the bigger problems, and they're going to, you know, get Kepney back. Hopefully he's 100%, you know, and I think get a bunch of guys who I think are good. And if they don't, then, you know, they have some depth in Hersey that they can they can try out too. So I think they're in pretty good position defensively. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the more recent move, which happened, you know, right around Father's Day again, which was the... Uh, re-signing of Carl Haglund, who is getting a four-year deal, four-year deal just shy of twelve million dollars, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Greg, you're just like the news machine over here, writing all these articles. I mean, I say just under twelve. He's getting eleven yeah. million dollars, so that is just under twelve. But um, what are your? You first nailed thoughts? it. Yeah, follow up close <laughs> enough. I, I had to pull it up. What, what are your? What are your kind of first thoughts on this deal? Yeah, you know, I mean. It's fine, right? Like, it's hard for me to feel too strongly about this. You know, I think, like, a little under 3AV for Hagelin is probably roughly around right, I guess. You know, it seems a little high to me, but I, you know, I think it, I think if you're slotting him on the third line, that seems to make sense to me, you know. And I think if you're, if you're McClellan, the benefits of this move to me are that Hagelin has a skill set that the Caps really need in the sense of, Again, a faster skater. Caps don't have a ton of speed, you know, really on the top six. And, uh, you know, could kill penalties. That's something that the Caps really need to get better. And then Haglin does seem to have a lot of skill at that. Uh, you know, playoffs aside, obviously, he was kind of invisible in the playoffs. But, you know, I I get it. I think it makes some sense. You know, is this going to be the kind of light the move, the world of fire tr- uh, transaction that, you know, gets us praising McClellan? At least not, not for me, but... Uh, you, you squint hard enough, you, the, the the contours of this move kind of make some sense. I don't know what you think, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, you know, I just kind of struggle. It, it, it's just what we talked about in the rink rep, which is it's kind of like a... Uh, it's definitely a bit of a recency bias for me. On He just wasn't good in the playoffs. I mean, he just yeah. was, he was a non-factor, right? He had like one assist. That was it, right? Or two? One. Yeah, I think I, it wasn't much. It yeah, was it, it wasn't much. He had a bad postseason. Yeah, I was getting him, and then like the whole, you know, Eller's goal was the empty netter or whatever, mixed up. Yeah. Um, but just like not a lot from Haglin, and I just, yeah, it's fine. It's a fine deal. Two point yeah. seven five million for a guy who's going to play on the third line. I think we've kind of seen like he's always been a guy who has the speed, but doesn't have the scoring touch to really land himself in the top six consistently. And yeah. at, his, at his current age, I see nothing that's going to make me think he gets up there uh, kind of consistently. Um, it's kind of like what Jacob Rana would be if Jacob Rana was less capable of scoring goals. It's kind of how yeah. I look at him right now um, with, with some defensive upside on Rana. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think that he's... I mean, his shot numbers are good, right? You know, yeah. I think there's something to that. And, I, you know, it's one of those where I wouldn't exactly... Watching him play, I wouldn't say it was super obvious what he was doing defensively because that's actually where a lot of his numbers come from is shot suppression, which, you know, is it something you kind of naturally think of with Carl Haglin? But, you know, you, you do notice little things, I think, that he, you know, wasn't bad, obviously, in front of the net, you know, and uh, kind of was able to use his speed to get the puck out of the zone more often than not. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, he just had ha- hands of absolute stone. And, uh, 
if you're going to play him on the third line, I think you need to have someone who could score on that line with him. And, uh, you know, if they don't resign Connolly, something I know that we'll talk about later, um, you know, I think they're going to need to find someone on there who can kind of generate some consistent sniping offense because Hagelin and Eller probably just aren't going to get you that every night. No, I mean, I, I don't think they are. I mean, the whole Connolly question, it now seems pretty unlikely the Caps will be able to re-sign Connolly. Um, and it's going to be tough. I mean, they still have to figure out what they're going to do with Burakovsky, and then, of course, we have the Jacob Vrana contract, and I think that's what we'll kind of go into right now. Um, Vrana had the career year with 24 goals, 23 assists. Um, Isabel Krasudian wrote that she expects the deal to come in at around $4 million, which I know is a bit more than some of the um, kind of prognostication sites are coming in at, right? Like you said, the Evolving Wild was like 3-1, I think you said. Yep, yeah, 3-1. Yeah, so, I mean, even if you split the difference there and the Capitals are able like to kind of get them for like 3-5, 3-6, then, you know, what, they're down to $6.5 million of cap space with still not having Burkowski signed, not having Connolly signed, and then also having other roster spots they just have to fill out. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to toss, I think, at least a million at Jews, right, to get that done. He's another RFA, so, you know, they're going to have to kind of figure it out a little. Yeah, they're running out of space real quick. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be, I mean, I, Connolly is like a no-go at this point in my mind. Like no chance yeah, to get him back. Yeah, I don't back. see the space for him. I, you know, like, uh, but the problem is for the Cats is that they just don't have a ton of forward depth. So, you know, I think if, if you don't resign Connolly, then I think you you got to look at the UFAs and see if there's maybe a couple of bargain basement forwards that you can get. You know, maybe uh, I suggested Tanev and a couple others in, the, in my post about Gudis, but, you know, I think that that's kind of, I think it's tricky. You know, you got to like kind of figure out, um, and I'm sure McClellan has some kind of plan here, you know, I, but yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they do run out of cap space kind of quickly. I mean, even if so, I mean, Burkowski becomes a guy that, that way, I mean, what are you going to get him for? Right. I mean, if, if you're going to yeah. get, <laughs> you're very quickly out of space. I mean, if you resign him at all. Right. So, yeah. um, it, I think the Capitals are going to be for a bit of a tough one here, but let, let, let's, like, where, where do you see Vrana coming down, though? Do you see him kind of in that, like, 3-6 range, or, or do you see it more yeah. kind of like the 4 is about? Uh, so, I think, and I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss another variable in here, which is I think that the Caps are going to have to make a decision about whether they want to just go bridge with Vrana, and we're looking at that two-year deal at, like, kind of 3-5, which, you know, I think is something the Caps could could do. You know, I think it's... You know, because then you're you're not talking about buying out any UFA years, and so yeah, like I think three, five, four, somewhere kind of in that range sounds about right. Or do the Caps want to kind of use this as a chance to kind of maybe lock them up a little longer term, and maybe you're looking closer to five to get to buy out a few UFA years? So I think that's going to be something that McClellan has to decide. I know that for me, Vrana is a really useful talent, and I I think his skill set is going to translate, and I think he's someone I would want to keep on the roster long term. So, you know, my thought is maybe uh, maybe you bump up the 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 kind of uh, your the the dollar value a little and add a couple of years extra. So, you know, maybe you were looking at like four and a half, and you're able to buy out a couple of UFA years. I mean, that sounds a that sounds right to me. You know, is something that the GM could do too. So. You know, I think it's kind of whether they want to just go bridge on Vrana or go long-term. And I, I tend to think the Caps are going to be more inclined to go long-term on Vrana. Um, I mean, he's not that old, and, you know, he's someone that, again, has a skill set the Caps really need, you know, because he's someone who 
has some finishing ability and has some speed and is better defensively than you think he'd be. Um, I think he kind of gets stereotyped and kind of, you know, as a speedy Russian winger, but you know, he's better defensively, I think, than he's given credit for. So, you know, I think that those are kind of various considerations that McClellan's going to kind of reach, but I, I'm sure you kind of have your own thoughts on this too. Well, I was just shocked that Jacob Ron had zero points in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Yeah. He was brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, I, he, but he the, was very good in the regular season too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was good in, you know, game, uh, he was good in game seven. He was. That was a pretty big goal he scored. And I would actually really say all playoffs long, I thought he was dangerous. Well, he, know, hit, uh, he hit the post in game, yeah, in game seven. Ron yeah. Did. So in overtime, actually, I think. He hit the post. Yeah. Or right near the end of the regulation. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, Rana also, I think you look at the Penguin series as one of the turning points in game five was when, oh, yeah. you know, he finally, uh, Trotz finally put Rana up, you know, with, uh, it, it, I mean, he scored a huge goal that in there and was just kind of, that first line was really active. And so I think that, you know, he's he's a player that the Caps are going to need. And I think he's someone that they're going to need long term, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he, yeah, he had the game winner, I think, in game five, right? And then he had the, yes. uh, the assist on the game tying goal at the beginning of the period, I think. Yep, yeah. And, and so, just in general, he's really dynamic, that whole, really, I think most of the postseason. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was just so quick. I mean, he was all over the place. Yeah. Um, also great at, great at revealing tattoos. Very important skill. <laughs> Revealing a wrist tattoo, but still curling up his uh, his T-shirt sleeve, which is probably my favorite photo from the Caps, like uh, Stanley Cup celebration. So he gets points for that too for me. <laughs> well, whatever you want to give him credit for, as long as it doesn't yeah. add to his yeah. AAV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so what's your prediction about his AAV? What do you, What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, obviously, like it's like a big. The term is going to be the difference here. Um, yeah, I would be surprised to see it at. I mean, I would be really surprised to see it at four. Um, okay. Like, if you look at his, like, points per game, right, if we look at the... So last year, he was, you know, over over half a point a game with 24 goals. And then to, just for comparison, you know, doing this on the fly, let's, let's just look at what Andre Burakovsky's stats were. <laughs> you can't quit him, Adam. No, I can't. No, I want to look at his old stats. Cause I want to, cause we, we, we know what McClellan gave him before, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right when did he I'm get just, that I think deal? I'm contractually obligated to uh, give you a little bit of yeah, crap. He, uh, he's, actually, yeah. he's actually the sponsor of the show, is Andre Burakovsky. Um, <laughs> so Burak- no, no, no. The sponsor of the show is the, the space that Andre Burakovsky occupies in your head. I yeah, think it's well, got it. That's got to be what the, uh, that, that's the, rent. the sponsor is. Unfortunately, he doesn't have to pay rent on that. Um, yeah. So Burakovsky <laughs> had a bit less points than that. Actually, he never was up there. So you'd expect. So it definitely, and obviously the salary cap is higher now than it was then. And Burakovsky got what, like three point three one? I want to say is right. I still have. Yeah. So he Burakovsky was above three. Uh, the qualifying yeah. offer would have to be even higher than that, right? So you have to see Verona getting more than that, like without yeah. a doubt. Um, so that's like already you that already puts him at like the floor at like three four. Right. Yeah. And that would put the like the, so depending on term, the longer the term go, the higher the higher it goes. So if it was like a two year yeah. deal, right? Like you'd probably see him like kind of stay in that area. But if it's going to be like a five year deal, um, you know, I I think it would be closer to four. So we'll see what the Capitals end up deciding to doing. Whether they're gonna yeah. they're gonna bet on Vrana and try to kind of lock up more years and pay that that higher dollar amount, or whether they decide that it's best just to um, you know see what happens on a bridge deal and. You know, the one for Burakovsky obviously paid off because it saved them a lot of money. They've gone yes. for longer terms, so they might kind of take a, yeah. 
I expect a similar approach this time. Yeah, you know, and I think Rana is someone that, you know, is, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the other thing the Caps could do is do a bridge and then kind of see where they are next off season. And if you want to extend them after that, you can. You know, the problem with that, of course, is that that's going to be much more expensive because if he has another year like last year, then, you know, I think it's, then I think you're probably talking closer to five. So, you know, it's a gamble either way. Yeah, that's just, it's always a gamble, right? I mean, that's how contracts work. Um, Rana's someone I'd gamble on, though, you know, and so I think that that's that's kind of where where I'm at. All right, time for our prognostication corner over here. Yes, let's do it. Let's very quickly rapid fire. I just want you to say whether these guys are going to be on the team next year, okay? You got you ready okay. for this? It's actually Let's not going to be it's not going to be that quick. You you're going to have a few seconds in between each, right? Okay. All right. Bring and, it on. Andre Burakovsky. Oh, um yeah, I think I, I think they get it done. Um I you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm like 55% sure that they get it done. So that's that's a pretty that's a pretty weak claim, but I you know, I I think that, you know, they if if you don't resign Connolly, then I think you, I think there's enough room, and I think they get it done. I don't know. What say you? Uh, yes, but there they will only there's a clause in that they will only get him if he takes less than his qualifying offer. They will not qualify him, is my yeah. estimate. Uh, all right, Brett Connolly. No, I yeah, uh, I mean I just I don't see the space. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, I think that I mean. And I think we talked about this on a Rick Rap show. I mean, the guy had a great year. Go get paid, man. You know, like, uh, I think he might be able to get way more than that on the open market. Um, and, uh, hey, man, get paid. Yeah. Agreed. DSP? No, not a chance. Okay. Dimitri Yaskin? Uh, now, again, what would I like to happen versus what will? What I would love to happen is yes. Um, I, and, like, slot him in on the fourth line every night. Didn't work with Reardon. I say no. Okay, well, your last two, what about you? DSP and then Jaskin. Uh, no, and then no, again. Yeah, um, yeah. Chandler Stevenson? Ugh. No, I mean, again, I would say no. Again, he had one of the single worst shot generation totals in, like, all of the NHL last year. And so I say no. I think that, you know, I, I but I, I, I think they probably will because I think they can get him for under a mil and, you know, like, worst case, he stash him in Hershey. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance the Caps will, will, will keep him. Um, I think they'd be better served. Probably not, but uh, I, I could be wrong. There might, I yeah. mean, maybe it's there's t- a market for It's tough for, for me to get too exercised about a guy who presumably is going to make a million or less, but yeah, like I, you know, I wouldn't. I, I, think, I, I think he's, you know, just, again, he just doesn't generate the kind of shots that you need from any kind of forward. Yeah, and then Jacob Ron, I think we're both very firmly that he will be back. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, Brooks Orpik. No, I just again like they, yeah, they yeah. already have seven defensemen who are going to be up in the roster, uh, and no, I, I just don't see it unless unless it turns out that like they think that Jews is a lot less healthier than we think he is. So you know maybe maybe the compartment syndrome is still going to bug him. You know, in, in that case, then maybe like, but again, I I don't see it. All right, agreed. And uh, last but not least, Juice. I mean, they're gonna they're they're gonna get that deal done. Yeah. Like, you know, right? They got it. Like, I mean, he's a good young defenseman. He, yeah, wasn't great last year, um, as we've discussed at ad nauseum. But I, you know, I want to see. I, yeah, I, you know, he's a good young defenseman, and uh, the, and also he's not going to cost more than like a million and a half at most. So yeah, I think they get that deal done. 
Agreed. All right. Well, that that is really all I had kind of for us to go over today. I mean, we've kind of break and broke down kind of who we think is going to be on the roster, the big deals that they made that have already affected the roster. And uh, I think those are kind of the two big things we wanted to cover kind of heading into another week of rink wraps next week. And uh, next week we can also touch quickly on the draft. Yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, the rink wraps next week, I think we were looking, are uh, – Pretty promising. Uh, I think we got Kuznetsov and uh, Holpe lined up for sure. So that'll that'll at minimum be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, two guys that certainly had interesting years. Uh, yes. Very different <laughs> from what we might have expected. Yeah, and we could talk about the draft, which is something I totally know a ton about. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I know so much about the NHL draft. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I actually, I have a buddy of mine who is my uh, draft expert, so I will be asking him questions about it. It's, it's been, be good. It's been a couple of years. Um, I used to be really, really dialed in, and the last few years I've been a lot less dialed in. Um, well, the Caps haven't had, like, first-round picks very often, so no. it's hard to, hard to be really invested when they don't pick, and when they do, they pick way late. Yeah, or they, you know take a defenseman from Western Canada every single time oh, or from the uh, WHL, not necessarily a Western Canadian. Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things actually being in Ann Arbor is I, I got to see the U S uh, developmental team a couple of times cause they play in Plymouth nearby. So, you know, I would be a huge fan of the caps. I mean, presumably most of the good players on that team are going to be drafted way earlier, but Hey, you know, if I, if they took a player who I got to see a couple of times, that'd be pretty cool. I'm just hoping they pick a forward to be honest with you. Yeah. That, I would be very surprised if they didn't. Although, again, I'm usually in favor of the take the best, best player available. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree with that. Yeah, well. but, you know, again, I think once you kind of get to the 25th pick or wherever the caps are, you know, there's probably like three or four best players in the draft that you could all kind of argue between. So, you know, I think if, if there's a tiebreaker, I take it forward. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, that is all I have for this episode of Jabers Inc. Radio. You're, you're good to go, Greg? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm good to go. All right. Uh, On behalf of both Greg and I, thanks for listening to this episode of Jabers Inc. Radio. We'll have another episode ready for you guys soon.